We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed. Blender HD. You want to follow me on Twitter? And it's Thursday, March 16th. It's the start of March Madness. Are you all mad? Are you mad? Are you angry? Are you angry about college basketball? That starts today, right? It's an NCAA tournament. That starts today, right? You got your brackets? You got your brackets all set up and everything like that? I got one bracket. I got one bracket. It's for the, the Onyx. DraftKings, whatever. It's like some free roll, something, something or other. Uh, I filled it out. I did what I normally do. I filled out the most probable outcomes. So I just took the top seeds the entire way through until the end. And then I just randomly chose the one, one, one seed versus another one seed. And then the winner and then some, the tiebreaker score of something or whatever. I, that, that's it. Done. The way the payout thing works, it's like, just, just give me some money. I don't, I don't. I don't even know what first place is. I know you, that that typically half the entries they don't fill out a bracket, right? So the people forget they don't check their 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 free roll onyx VAP whatever the hell. So I'm just okay. Just just give me all the one seats, right? Especially the way that March Madness brackets are typically scored, right? You don't get many points in the beginning. You get a lot of points at the end, right? So you oh okay, I did this 14 seed beats the three seed. You get like 10 points, but like. They don't get it if they if you don't have them like getting all the way to the final four. It's like how many how many points are you really getting? It's most likely that the better teams are going to go on to those spots. So I just just fill it out just like that and just okay, give me you know I probably won't win first right out of like I think it's like two hundred people or something. I saw 200, 300 entries. Just give me some money. Just give me. I don't care. I don't care. I'm not following it. 
I don't care about it. So just just give me that money. So that's that's typically how you beat March Madness pools, especially the small ones. If you're in your office, there's like, oh, 10 people. We're going to put together a March Madness bracket or whatever. Just take all the favorites. Just take a, you look at someone's bracket. It's like, oh, they t- got a 10 over a 7. They got got this two seed losing in the third round or whatever. It's like, like dude, you're going to miss out on point. Unless you're perfect, like most likely, most likely, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get some one seeds, two seeds, all the way to the, the, to the end, racking up 80 or 160 points. And uh, it doesn't matter whether or not you got like, those first round upsets for 10 or 20, 20 points. So there you go. There, there's the March Madness strategy if you wanted it. Right, for the smaller stuff. For the large stuff, okay, just close your eyes. Close your eyes and pick whatever you want. Pick whatever you want. Daniel Hudson says he got the same bracket. Okay, so we're we're we're, we're duped. You duped me. I don't well, I don't know what what one seeds you picked. I think I think I have uh, Purdue versus Kansas in the in the final with Purdue winning. Even though everyone tells me that that or everyone that I see on Twitter that Purdue was good in the beginning of the season and they kind of fell off, but they're still Rank number one or whatever. I, who cares? Doesn't matter. Doesn't cost me anything. It's infinite EV. Doesn't matter. I have no money on the line. It doesn't matter. Uh, what are we talking about today? We're still going on with the, the you know, this kind of little three-part series on, on the, the basics of sports betting, of, of real sports betting, not like, I think this guy's, I think this team's going to win tonight, right? Which is not what sports betting's about, really. Unless, you're, unless you have a time machine, that's not what it's about. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. Give me those thumbs ups. Thumbs up. Thummy thumbs. Give me the thummy thumbs. Helps us out here. What does is here early? Daniel Hutchings here. Defect. Kickstart. MJC. Bart B. Good morning. Good morning. Watch the past two shows. Because I've gotten questions about uh, about sports betting stuff. People have emailed in. It's like, I know this is not about DFS, but uh, can, can you explain some of the some of the some of the sports betting stuff. I'm trying to trying to transition a little bit more out of DFS, or you know that, or say, oh, let sports betting just became legal in Massachusetts, and I want to m- make sure that I'm I'm at least you know betting profitably, right? Plus EV in a plus EV way. Uh, can you go over some of some of the basic the basic mathematical concepts? And that's what we did. Like you, you have to understand how sports books and markets operate. That's one of the most important things to know because in order to beat the books, you have to know how they work, right? How lines are made and how lines move. What a money line, I mean, just, I mean, the simple stuff. What's my, what, what does a money line mean? Some people go in and don't even understand that. We went we went past there. We assume that you know what a money line is. We know what a spread is. We know what over, under, you know, those types of terms. But generally, like, what what is the, what is the goal? What is your goal? Your goal is to get a, just like with anything with expected value, your goal is to get a better payout than the actual probability of the event happening, right? So if the probability of whatever you're betting on, the true probability is two to one and you're getting paid three to one, even though it'll only happen 33% of the time, you're getting paid as if it happens, if it only happens 25% of the time. And that money in between, that's your expected value. Over time, you're going to be making more money because you're getting paid higher than the true odds of the event happening. But how do you determine what the true odds are? Well, there are two approaches. There's the bottom-up and the top-down approach. Bottom-up is when you're originating. You're using a model. Of course, a model isn't like the R squared isn't one, right? 
you're still estimating there, you, you, but you're estimating it better than, than the market. And the other way is by going by the market, the top-down approach. And that, that goes with the efficient market hypothesis, that all the information, you know, the, the, the closer and closer you get to the close, right, to the game starting, and the more and more liquidity there is, the more and more betters there are, that the market, whatever the, the line is at close, is closest to the true probability. So you want to beat that, right? So if we if we say that, uh, you know, a, a, a line open with, you know, a team at minus 180, and now it closed at minus 220, we're going to say that because of all the action that came in and, and, and the books trying to trying to combat adverse selection, that minus two twenty is is the is the is the true is the true probability. The no, it would be no big minus two twenty. We'll get to that. So it's like, can we beat that? And that and that's your goal. That's what closing line value is. Okay. So when you hear CLV, closing line value, that's from a heuristic standpoint. That is your goal when you when you when you when you bet on sports. Uh, search for supers. Any video that specifically goes in depth on how to hand build based on projections. I mean, that would be like any DFS video. I would suggest you email in your questions, uh, questions at theoryofdfs.com. If you have any DFS strategy questions, you always email them. I, I cover everything on this show in an unstructured way. I don't mind going over things again and again, but there's no difference between hand building a lineup and, and there's no, you, you might as well just take. Any video that specifically goes in depth on how to build lineups based on projections. Like that's, that's it's like saying, is there any videos on how to play DFS? Right. That's, that's essentially what you're asking. So like, it's very vague. The closing line value. That's, that's the goal. So we go, go back to a little, our little worksheet from yesterday. So yesterday we had this, 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 you know, example line. There's a line out there, and maybe it's a it's an MMA fight, right? I'm, I'll be covering the UFC slate tomorrow. From a DFS perspective, not a betting perspective. Minus 230 plus 190. That's what one book has it, right? Minus 230 plus 190. What's the implied probability of minus 230? 69.7%. Plus 190 is 34.48%. Combined, it's 104.18%, which means this 4.18, that's the hold on the market for, for that sports book. When you take out the VIG, when you take out the hold, the true, the no VIG money line is minus 202 plus 202. Okay, so that's what it's it's currently at. Let's we'll, we'll use it as an example. This is what it's currently at. Let's say... By Saturday at one o'clock, when you know, whenever, whenever the fight starts or you know the card starts, the line has moved dramatically now. I mean, I'm I'm using an exaggerated example just to show you that it's now minus three fifty for the favorite, plus two ninety. Okay, so let's we could use a converter, right? What does minus three fifty equal? Seventy-seven point seven eight percent implied probability right so we're going to put that in seven eight percent 
implied probability plus 290. What is that? 290 is 25.64 implied probability, right? Which makes the hold on this market for this sports book, just to show you an example, 77.78 plus 25.64, 103.42. Right, so that's the total. Right, so you can see that a little less, a little bit less hold, but around, around, around. This, 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 this normal. Okay, once we take out the vig, right, three minus three fifty, plus two ninety. It really is minus 303 plus 303. So we'll put that in. Minus 303 plus 303. Which equals the prob no big probability. 25.75.21. And that's going to be what? 24 or something or other. 24.79. Which equals, which makes the whole zero, right? 100% total probability. Okay. So let's say early in the week, let's say currently or whatever, whatever, you got, you bet on, you bet a hundred bucks or whatever. You bet whatever it is on minus 230 on this book. Now the line, when it closes is minus 350. The, the line has moved in your favor. Meaning you bet someone, you go, oh, I, I think I think the spider wins uh, more than 70% of the time. So I'm going to I'm gonna bet minus 230 or 100 bucks or whatever it is. The market, the market on this book, I close, now says it's minus 350. So the difference between 69.7% and 77.78% is your positive Positive closing line value, right? So you've you've gained eight point you've gained eight point what one eight percent implied probability closing line value on this book on this on this book. Now, do you judge closing line value specifically on the book that you're playing? No, we talked yesterday about synthetic hold. Of the entire market. Let's say the best price available was minus 370, right? Or, 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 or the best price available is still bet on it. Like on your book, on the book that you, you bet minus 230, it's now up to minus 350. But there are books out there that have it at, at minus 300 plus 250 or something like that. Right. So the synthetic hold of the market, because maybe your book plus 290 is the best line on the underdog. Minus 300, some place has minus 300. You can still bet on the favorite at minus 300. So this is the true market, not just your, not just the book that you place the bet on. So if the book, if the line moves in your favor on your book, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're getting closing line value on the market. Because maybe the market right now, synthetically, is minus 300, which would be 75%. I mean, that's an easy one. 
plus 290 is 25.64%, which would make the hold very small. Right? The hold would be very small. Synthetic hold would be very little. So in actuality, you bet at minus 230, right? And the market, right, synthetically, is at minus 300, 75%. But this also doesn't, this also includes the hold. So you'd have to take out the hold in this. So minus 300 plus 290 would really be minus 292.5. Minus 292.5. That would be what it is. True probability, 74.52%. 74.52%. So if you're calculating your closing line value, it would be, you got it at minus 230, 69.7% <coughs> probability. It closed, no VIG, synthet with, for the synthetic market at minus 292.5, which is 74.52%. So basically the difference between these two numbers, 74.52%, and 69.7% would be your closing line value. Okay? So a lot of people get, <coughs> learn about closing line value. <coughs> then what they'll do is that, this, this is something that'll happen, right? They'll bet minus 230 on, you know, they'll bet whatever. Same situation. And their book, right? Their line, the line will move to like something like, you know, plus 210, right? It'll close like this at minus 250. And it'll go, look, I got closing line value. Look, look on my on my book, it moved. It moved. I got 20 cents, right? 20 cent movement, something like that. Oh, this must have been a good bet. Now, heuristically, it still could be. How much closing line value is this? Okay, let's go through it. Minus 250 on, on, on this book itself, specifically, right? We go through here and go minus 250 plus 210. If we take out the hold, right? We're talking about minus 221.43. Minus 221.43. If you use just your book as the market, 221.43 is 68.89% implied probability. 8.89%. You getting any closing line value? You bet it at 69.7%. If you consider your own book to be the whole market, you still, once you consider the, the hold, it's only 68.89%. It's actually net. You, you, you'd have, you still have not beat the closing line from a true probability stance. If, if you view your book as the only, as the arbiter of what the market, the true market is. Like you're still not beating it once you take out the VIG, once you take out the hold. But let's say the market as a whole, like, yeah, your book, minus 250. So it's like, oh, I got closing line value. And you're shouting from the rafters. I got CLV. I'm a good better, right? Maybe the one of the best prices in the market. Maybe minus 250 isn't even the best price in the market. Maybe, maybe you could actually find 
you can actually find a minus 220 somewhere. So did you beat the closing line? Actually, no. Yeah, on your book, it moved, right? And a lot of maybe some retail books it moved, but, you know, at some sharp offshore book, maybe it's at, maybe, maybe it's at minus 225 currently. Right. And then, but you could get plus 210 somewhere else. Right. So synthetically, the market looks more like this minus 225 plus 210. You take out the hold here. Right. Minus 225 plus 210. Minus 225 plus 210. No big odds of that market is minus 214.62. Right. Minus 214.62. 0.62, which would be implied probability, uh, where am I going, of uh, 68.22. Just still underneath at 69.7, which is what you bet at. So you did not beat the closing line. You didn't. You didn't. Doesn't matter what your book, okay, right. You're, you're, you're right. You bet on DraftKings at minus 230, and now it's at minus 250. Also, have to realize that DraftKings has a higher hold. A lot of a lot of U.S. retail books have higher holds, which means once you take out that hold, you didn't you didn't get a true probability of minus two thirty. You were really betting no vig minus two hundred two. So you need to beat no vig minus two hundred two. If you if obviously this is all based around the efficient market hypothesis that. The closing lines are the most efficient. If we tracked it, and of course, if you track it over a long, big, large sample size and in liquid markets for most sports, like you beat the closing line, you make money. That's the number one heuristic when it comes to being a profitable sports better. But people have this... Uh, selective bias on what they choose the closing line to be right that's the point that i'm bringing up here that just because you bet up you know you oh you bet a prop or something right right it's like oh i, I bet a i bet a basketball whatever prop right points prop 22 and a half over right oh now it's it went to 23 and a half on my book. So I got one point. I got an extra point. Of, I got CLV. Yeah, but what is the what does the rest of the market look like? Maybe the rest of the market doesn't have it that way. Your 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 book moved one point, but most of the market hasn't. Your your book has the best line for the over, but not the best line for the under. You go under 220, 22 and a half, and then you have to price out how much one point is worth. Then you have to take out the hold. And let's say you bet over 22 and a half at minus 135, right? Because you'll see this with props, right? Props, you'll see like, you know, over 20, you know, you'll see, you'll see a line like this, right? Over 22 and a half, right? Under 22 and a half, you know, whatever, whatever the line is, right? Over under. I don't want to undo. Thank you. You'll you won't see like minus one ten. You know something like you know you won't see, you won't see these types of lines. You may see 
minus 135 plus 120 or something like that. Right? And then the line moves. Right? The, the spread moves. The, the number moves. So you get over 23 and a half, under 23 and a half. This will be, you know, this will be minus 110. This will be plus 100. Yeah, but it's a different number, right? It's still one extra point. So you may see the market, like the best price, like maybe no one has 23 and a half as a number. Everyone else has 22 and a half as a number. Right, and then you take a look at the overall market. What's the best price you could get at under and over twenty-two and a half? Maybe. Oops, where am I going? Hold on, there you go. Oh, okay, I accidentally hit my my screensaver. Okay, here we go. So maybe, maybe this is this is what you you synthetically in the market, like most other books. Like the best price that you could get on over 22 and a half is maybe like 125. And the best price that you get on under 22 and a half is that, well, I mean, you can't even get under 22 and a half plus 120 anymore, right? So maybe you get something like that. Every other book has this, has this at 22 and a half, but your book has over 23 and a half and under 23 and a half. So it's like, well, I bet over 22 and a half minus 135. And look, it moved in my favor to over 23. It moved one full point, and now it's a minus 110. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. But it didn't move. It didn't move. You didn't get closing. You didn't, you didn't get any closing line value. Because you could bet over 22.5 at minus 125. Right? So, so in the market currently, there's, a, there's, there's literally a better line. There's literally a better line currently. Even though on your book it moved up a point, so you can't just look at like, oh, what what happens on DraftKings or what happens on BetMGM. 
or what happens on whatever whatever book you're using. That's the point of using multiple books. Even if you're not using the books, you you still have to. That's how you view what the market looks like when computing what closing line value you've gotten on a bet. So yes, I, I mentioned offshore books. It's like even if you can't bet on them, is it a way to judge your your bets against? Yes. Well, I only have an account on FanDuel, and then I also have an account on PointsBet. Why should I care about what the lines are on DraftKings? Like, well, that's what the market. Like, if you're going to compute your closing line value, you you need to. You can't just go by what what your book is. That's not that's that, that goes against the efficient market hypothesis. Why? Because you're only taking a very small slice of the market. What does the whole market look like? That's why when I showed you yesterday, like fight odds, fight odds, fight odds.io. Now, when I see that, you know, I use this for like odds. Best fight odds is another screen like that. It just shows you all, all the lines for all the fights updated in semi real time. Right. A lot of this, these numbers, because I'll, I'll click through and you get all the prop numbers, right? Over two and a half, you know, inside the distance lines, you know, winning in the first round, this type of stuff. I plug this into my, my spreadsheet. Right, but you could take a look across the, across the board. You could see here it's like, okay, well, sports bet. What's going on there? I mean, look at look at this hold here, minus three fifty seven plus one ninety three. I mean, that's just absurd, right? But hey, like you can't either. I mean, it's the worst line on both sides. But like across the board, you can see here it's like, oh, if you wanted to bet on Marvin Vittori, like, dude, you could find the best line. Right, minus two forties right here. And if you wanted to bet on Roman Delize, the best line plus two thirty-five. Look how minimal this hold is. Assuming you could bet at both books. Minus two forty here, plus two thirty-five there. Right, you could even look. You could even you could even look at some of the prop bets. You will you will find arbitrage opportunities in props. You will find an under like you'll find an like an under two and a half and a and it has to start like round two, round three or something. You get to the point where you have a two and a half minute window to winning two bets with positive EV. You could find them. You can find them. They exist. How much you can get down on them is a different story. <laughs> but you could find them. This doesn't involve you having to know anything about the fighters. If I could bet one book, like, look, look, literally, it's right. It's staring me in the face. Assuming you get money down over one and a half rounds, minus 335 at this sports book. Under one and a half at this sports book is plus 350. Minus 335. You're laying 335. You're getting 350. Minus 335 plus 350. Minus 335 plus 350, which means the hold is negative. Minus 335 plus 350, right? 77.77%, right? Not much, right? 
But if you were, you could bet, you could bet a hundred bucks on both sides or someone's close on both sides and guarantee yourself like three bucks profit. I guarantee it. It's like guaranteed. Cause you're going to win one of the two bets and one pays more than the underdog pays more than what you would lay for the favorite. So that would be an arbitrage opportunity. I mean, it's literally right here. I mean, it's not much of one plus three fifty minus three thirty five. But like you could, this is this is what a lot of top down approach sports betters do. They don't have models. They're not originating anything. They're just going through and going. Are there any bets where the market is a negative hold across the board synthetically? And then betting appropriately on each side so they capture what's right in the middle. Imagine how many, look, I just showed you one. I mean, it's very small, 0.77%. On the Marvin Vittori, Roman Delize, over one and a half market. Look how many markets there are, even just, just in MMA, right? And look, we got 15 fights. And then you also got like Bellator and you got Cage Warriors. This is MMA. And then you got college basketball. And then you got Bulgarian ping pong and he got the third division soccer and wherever. I mean, like, like, dude, this, this is what I'm talking about. When I said about three days ago about adverse selection, the sports books can't, can't manage their own lines to ultimate efficiency. They can't, they, they have too big of a menu and some will manage it in a certain way which may differ from other books, how they manage their adverse selection, which means you could bet in one place and bet in another place and synthetically get a plus EV opportunity, get a, get a negative hold. I mean, you could just, I mean, like it, it, it staring at odd screens like that. I mean, you, you have uh, you, people set up stuff, you know, they scrape odds. And they set stuff up and, you know, they program in Python or they set it, you could set it up in Excel and have color coding. Like I, I, I made a little thing last year uh, for, for baseball props of uh, it's hard. It's, it's much hard of, of scraping one sports books lines and importing the bat projections and then just giving just color. Anytime that one was like higher by a certain threshold, than another, it would turn the thing green. It would turn the, the the cell green, right? So I could technically leave up Excel on one screen. If I see out the corner of my eye that's something that turned green, that means I should go and I should go be betting that, right? Turns out it doesn't work that well because I have to reload it like too often. Like any 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 time any time uh uh the bat projections change i would have to i would have to manually reload it so it's a, not efficient not a, that the most efficient way of doing it but that's the only way i knew how to do it but when you see when you see serious sports bettors you know many of them even if if you're bottom up better or top down better like you still you still have to understand all of this even bottom up even if you're originating your own numbers you want to get the best numbers anywhere anyway. And even if you're judging your originating numbers, you're going to judge it by the market also. Right? Yo, oh, I have, uh, I have uh, you know, the, the point, you know, some 
I have, I have this team at minus, you know, my model says that they should be a minus 157 favorite. Then when they close at minus 180, it's like, okay, I got closing line value. Okay, good. But what happens if it goes the other way? A lot of people goes, oh, well, then, then the market is wrong. It's like, are you sure? You can't say the mark. You can't say you're going to use the market as a judge, a heuristic judge for closing line value. And then when it goes against you, when the market moves against, not in your favor, say that the market is wrong. You can't, it's one or the other, right? So some, some, some people, they don't care about how the way the market moves. Then they're just like, my number is the number. And that's what I'm judging it against. And you know, you back test those numbers. You go, I think I'm better than the market. Okay. It's tough to do. And then there are people that are like, I don't originate nothing. I don't even know anything about most of these sports, but I could just, I could just stare at a screen like this. Right. And I could just find the opportunities. I could just go and see, okay, where can I get over, over one and a half rounds? What's the best? What's synthetically? What's the, what's the line here? Minus 150 is the best on this side. Plus 149 on the other side. I mean, it's, it's still a plus 151. Oh, I got one. Right. It's, I mean, it's barely, you're probably not going to put much money on this, right? Plus, minus 150 plus 151. I mean, what does that, what does that negative hole look like, right? Minus 150 plus 151. You get a buck for every, yeah, 0.16%. Probably not going to tie much money in for a, for a, for that hole, for that negative, right? You put a thousand dollars down for what? What, a dollar six to 16 bucks? You'd have to put $1,000 aside if you could get $1,000 down because these are these are MMA props. So you're not going to be able to get 10 grand down. So you're going to have to spend 1000 bucks aside just to lock in $16. Hey, but if you wanted to do that, you can, right? It's available to you. There you go. Right, 16 bucks, right? $1.60. Yeah, it should be 16, yeah, 16 bucks. But that's what you're looking for, right? And then, of course, you'd also have to have accounts on both whatever these two books are. And then when one wins and the other wins, you're going to have to be able to balance your money in all the books. That's tough in and of itself. Now, not nearly as tough as it was 15 years ago. Now it's much, now you can you transfer in and out. I mean, like, so much, so much easier. Especially the the legal books here, right? I mean, you just you know, it's nothing. It's legal. You could connect your bank account, deposit, withdraw pretty quickly. Back in the day, you had to use Western Union. You had to send, you know, Net Teller. There was, there was stuff like that. So the next thing you know, it's like, oh, I well, I, I have money on like twelve different books, but like, I need to make sure I have a couple of thousand on like each because if I find the opportunity. Sometimes it takes a day for them to, to 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 issue, you know, to confirm your deposit. It's like, it's not the type of thing. I can't have any money on a book. Then, oh my God, there's this great line there. And it's like, yeah, okay, I'd like to deposit five grand. It's like, oh yeah, the money will be available to you tomorrow. It's like, I don't, tomorrow's too late. It's too late. So anytime, anytime, I, anytime I say that, like beating the books, getting the lines, that's the easy part. That's like, that's, 97% of the work is everything else. Getting the money in, getting the money out, 
getting the money down, not getting limited, right? Not getting kicked, right? Not sending up red flags. Not, don't 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 middle yourself on the same book, right? That's a red flag. They'll, they'll, they'll flag you immediately for that. So it's like you bet on a whole bunch of stuff, and it's like, oh, the line moved here. I can arbitrage and middle something. But you 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 that's the place that you made the first bet. So now that book looks at you and goes, goes, dude, you just like you made like. You're basically taking money from us, right? You you could bet bet on the favorite there and bet on the favorite in this place. They don't know they don't know any better. But you do it. You do the same book. They'll look and go, well, this guy this guy bet minus one seventy five on the favorite, and then two days later bet plus one ninety on the underdog, and it's just like locked in, locked in like a hundred and seventy bucks or whatever it was. It's like we're, we're we're paying them no matter what. Mathematically, it shouldn't matter to them. Right? Who, what, what accounts are are giving them the liquidity? As if the plus one ninety I'm taking. What what's the difference of the thousand bucks from some Joe Schmo that didn't originally bet minus one seventy five the other way? It shouldn't matter to them mathematically. As far as flagging sharp accounts, that it, it does matter to them. So that's the game. That ninety seven percent is that. But understanding the basics, just the, I mean, the past three days are the basics of sports betting. I don't need to know any of those things. No, this is the basic, basic stuff. The stuff that's more advanced than this, mathematically. But this is how sports books operate. This is how sports betting markets operate. The bear bait. How do you convert money, a money line into an implied probability? How do you take out the VIG? How do you calculate the hold of a market? Then how do you remove the hold from the money line odds and get true, no VIG implied probabilities? How do you create synthetic hold? What's the synthetic hold of the entire market? We talked about that yesterday. Then how do you use both to now heuristically judge your bets based on what the close of the market is. And not just the close on your own book, but the close on the entire market. You can compare your bet to the best number that you could get at close in the entire market while you take out, when you take out the hold in the market. Now you can compare against that. And that that is your, that is your XCLV. That's what you'd be comparing. If you're consistently getting that, in the positive, you sh- you should be you should be making money betting sports consistently. You should you should be seeing a profit over time. Of course, just because you got closing line value doesn't mean you win the bet, right? Right. Uh, I'm getting three to one on a two to one occurrence. Yeah, well, the two to one occurrence, I mean, doesn't come in sixty six percent of the time. Just that you're getting paid three to one, which is profitable. So two out of three times, you lose. The third time that you win, you're getting paid three times as much as you should, right? So you end up making money. So when people you see on Twitter, you see the the, the, the idiots. Closing line value doesn't matter. Winners matter. Like you're, you're talking to someone that is not a profitable sports bet. And if you're on Twitter talking to anyone, you're probably not, you're probably talking to not profitable sports bet by, by default. 
So anyone that you talk on Twitter about sports betting, I'd say that you have about a 90 plus percent likelihood of, of talking to a profitable sports bet, of, of talking to a non, an unprofitable sports bet. So if you got any questions about any of this type of stuff, you could always submit them anytime you want. Questions at theoryofdfs.com. Tomorrow we'll be going over the MMA slate from DFS perspective. Strategy, there's a the 15 fight card. Saturday at one o'clock, it's a pay-per-view from, they're from England, right? That's why it's earlier. Going over some stuff. If you want uh, the breakdowns of all the fights, that's uh, part of our premium package here at Roto-Grinders. Click on that link in the description, get $10 off your first month. And then after that, on Monday, we'll be starting our MLB primer leading up to uh, the, the the season. We got, we got under two, we got two weeks, two weeks till baseball. Hit that thumbs up button. Hit the thummy thumbs on your way out the door. And I will see you tomorrow. Answering your DFS strategy questions like I always do. Monday through Friday. 11 o'clock Eastern. On the DFS pregame show. On rotogrinders.com.